Welcome to the Hope New Podcast, a podcast for parents of children impacted by disabilities, where we believe there's beauty in the journey and purpose in the pain. Your hosts are Jonathan and Sarah McGuire. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Jonathan. Our listeners may not know this, but the month of October is an exciting month for us. Yes, it is. On October 1st, we launched the Hope Anew online community. So many parents that we talk with share how lonely this journey can be and how hard it is to find people they can be real with. So we created the Hope Anew online community to meet this need. Exactly. The goal for this community is that together we will build the most encouraging, real, hope-filled way for parents of children impacted by special needs and disabilities to engage with a group that gets it. If you are listening to this and you would like to learn more, check out our website at www.hopeanew.com. Today's guest is a sweet friend of mine. Her name is Sarah Brody. She is a mom, wife, speaker, writer, and host of a Special Hope podcast. And today, we are chatting about all things relationship and community. Hello, we are talking with Sarah Brody today, and Sarah and Jonathan and I have known each other for a couple of years. Um, We met as speakers for special needs conferences, and Sarah and I have had some time to sit down and chat outside of conference time and just get together. It was about a year ago, actually, we at one conference sat and stayed up, I don't know, like half the night chatting. And we had such a great time connecting in that girl time that is so rare in my life and talk about things that go beneath the surface. And so that was a really fun conversation. And it went into a conversation on relationships and community. And as Hope Anew gets ready to launch an online community, and actually by the time this airs, it will have launched the week before. So as we get ready to do that, I wanted to invite Sarah on the podcast to talk about that and kind of let you into some of our conversation that was about relationship and community and the value of that. So Sarah, welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much. It's so great to be here with you guys. And would you go ahead and introduce us to your family? Sure. Well, I'm Sarah and my husband is Kyle. We've been married for 17 years. We have three boys, ages 15, 14, and 11. We've had a birthday in the last month and another one coming up this month. So my ages are all, I always have to question what ages my kids are. So we have two high schoolers and a middle schooler, and I don't want to talk about it. Um, (laughs) uh, My baby left elementary school and is officially in youth group now at church. And so no more children's choir, no more elementary school, no more, you know, field days, that kind of thing. So those are my kids. And my middle son, Sam, he just turned 14. Sam has autism. He was diagnosed at age two. Uh, Even though he started therapy before that, we knew there were some things going on and he had some speech delays and whatnot um, that we began looking into at 18 months old. So we've been on the autism journey now for technically all 14 years of his life, but with autism for 12 years. Sarah mentioned you guys were talking about community. Can you share with us, mm-hmm. what does community mean to you? For community, community to me is all about relationships. So we live in a neighborhood 
there's houses on either side of us across the street from us. And there are people who live in those houses. And we know the names of those people, but we don't really have relationship with them. So you could say that we are living in community with them because we live in close proximity to them. But that to me is not true community. The church in which we attend has a few hundred members in it, and we are in community with those people, but not with every single one of them. We are there together, gathered corporately, but community to me is about deeper relationships, personal relationships, one-on-one, even in smaller groups with people. It goes to the heart of a person and what they're dealing with and what their life looks like. It's all about doing life together. So... I guess that could be boiled down to that community to me is about doing life together with people who are like-minded, especially in, in faith, and it's enhanced by our experiences. And so for us specifically, that's a special needs experience and being special needs parents and having kids with autism and other disabilities and things. And so being together in community, doing life together, that's what that's all about. That's such a good description and the value of those relationships and that doing life together mentality. I love that description because the importance of having people that you go through the good times with, the bad times with, and who are there in both of those is so important. And that you can be there for in their bad times and their good times. Rejoice with them, weep with them. Yes, yes. So do you have a community who gets it? I do. I do have a community who gets it. It's an eclectic kind of community. My community, they're made up of mostly other moms who have kids with disability. Some of them, though, don't have a child with disability, but they seem to have a particular empathy and compassion that they relate to me kind of on my level, even though they don't personally have the same experience as me. It's just a a really special kind of relationship. And they are spread across the country, really. Some of them I've never even met in person. One in particular, she lives in California and a friend of ours in college. We have a mutual friend from college that I went to. Uh, Her name is also Sarah, actually. Um, So another Sarah. So Sarah had messaged me on Facebook and she said, hey, I have a friend who has a son with autism about Sam's age and I'd love to connect you. Would that be okay? I'm like, absolutely. Yes, let's do that. So she connected us on Facebook. And so we would call each other and we still do. We call each other every now and again. Her name is Jen. Jen Klein. Hey, Jen. Shout out. So Jen and I will have conversations on the phone. We've done FaceTime before too with uh, Starbucks or homemade coffee or tea or whatever. And we just talk. And it, I mean, from the very first time that we started talking to each other, it was as if we had already been friends for a lifetime. There was just an immediate connection because of the life that we live as moms, specifically autism moms. And I've had that connection with another friend of mine who lives in Florida. I've had the opportunity to actually meet her in person now more than once. And these are women that... I can call truly at any time. They may or may not answer the phones because they have they have busy lives too, but they'll call back or they'll send a text message. And it's an immediate, I'm praying for you. I understand it. I get it. Sometimes it's, they're angry with me, <laughs> justified righteous anger over something, or they're excited about something. I can call them and just lament and just 
have a pity party and invite them to it and they'll join me and then they'll say, okay, now it's time to put your big girl pants on and deal with it. And those are women in community. I also have community within the key ministry team and that that's where you and I met. And that community is a special kind of community because not only are we all living the same experience in, in disability and, and parenting, but we also have public platforms. And that rings along a certain responsibility and there's a lot of pressure there. And so being able to come alongside each other and encourage each other and and share each other's work is important because we all have the same message of hope. and. To me, it doesn't matter if I get to share somebody else's post or if I'm sharing my own thing, it's the same message. And so I cheerlead anyone who has that message. And so that's a different kind of community. So there are lots. And then, of course, there are the ones that are in person that are my friends that I see on a regular basis, uh, some of whom do have kids with disability and they get it, they understand it. And there are others who maybe they don't, but they're still right there with me in it. And that's really important to have. And it can be, I didn't always have that. And so I'm very thankful to be in a place now where I do. You've outlined three different communities in essence that you have. That's so cool. I did some research recently on community and it was talking about how the difference in generations, like in the 80s, if you ask somebody, okay, who would you contact if there was an emergency? You know, and most of them said, okay, here's like the three, four people that I could contact and that they would listen to me when I'm having a hard time or if, if this is going on, they'd be there to help me. And mm-hmm. then they did the same survey here in 2004. And then the number went down drastically. Like 25% of the people said, I don't have anybody I can contact. Mm. It just left me astounded. And um, you've mentioned it. You said how important it was to you to have the, this community, different versions of community in, in uh, different areas. How has that been important to you? How has that impacted you to have community? I think it's important to note that the community that we're talking about specifically is based on the foundation of our faith in Christ. And so I'll call it Christian community in that way, but I don't mean it in the sense of just uh, the church that you attend, but the fact that we share a common faith in one Lord, one Christ, one Savior, right? One church, there's unity that's found in Christ And I love what Dietrich Bonhoeffer says in his book, Life Together, the Classic Exploration of Christian Community. He writes, therefore, the Christian needs another Christian who speaks God's word to him. He needs him again and again when he becomes uncertain and discouraged, for by himself he cannot help himself without belying the truth. And he says, the Christ in his own heart is weaker than the Christ in the word of his brother. His own heart is uncertain. His own heart is uncertain. His brothers is sure. And that also clarifies the goal of Christian community. They meet one another as bringers of the message of salvation. As such, God permits them to meet together and gives them community. And I think that's the answer for me there. It's important because in the Christian faith, we often struggle with doubts. Um, we struggle with our faith, with our what is God doing in our lives? We don't see the bigger picture. We struggle with salvation. That's a Christian commonality that we all struggle with, but especially in in hardship and in suffering and in grief and in, in our wavering as parents. Are we doing a good enough job? Are we doing everything we need for our kids? I lost my patience with him. I lost my temper with him. I'm a terrible mother. I'm a terrible fill in the blank. And so 
to have Christian community, to have others come alongside and encourage me and not just boost my own ego and tell me, you're a great mom, you're doing a great job, but to boost me with the encouragement of Christ, that's a special kind of encouragement that we need as believers. And I need someone else to bring out a Bible verse to me. And I don't mean the cliche kinds, <laughs> but the ones that are truly relevant and truly meaningful in the moment, because even though they might be considered cliche in some things, they are still true. Right. They are still true. So there's the verse in Romans that all things work together for the good of those who love and glorify God. So that verse is often used and sometimes it's used too soon. As soon as something bad happens, someone says, don't worry, it's all working for good. And we just want to throat punch those people. <laughs> But the fact is, it is true. That word is true. But there's a time to say it. There's a time to use it for encouragement. And there's a time to just sit and grieve and weep and sit in the ashes with somebody. So there's a lot of different things that I could bring out there. But specifically, encouragement through community is I need someone else to be Jesus to me. I need someone else to be a compassionate to love me with compassion and empathy and not just sit with me and give me a pity party, but weep because we're in a world that's fallen and we're in a world that hurts and there's, there is suffering and there is grief and it's okay to lament that. It's okay to do that. But I also need them to not just sit with me and go, man, this is awful and this, this sucks, frankly, but to point me to our greater hope that one day all things are going to be made new. Like this is horrible now, but there's a day coming. And so I need that hope and encouragement from the community that, that I'm in. That's so good. That's so important. I couldn't have said it any better to have that community that can be Jesus with skin on uh, to you. Yeah. You know, and you touched on all different aspects there. He's a man of sorrows, you know, he's, but then he's also points to truth and the hope that we have. So, I mean, he is the hope that right. we have. So that's so good to have those people that will sit with you, but then also are brave enough to point you to the truth. It's- yes. All of that. And that so takes critical. courage. It does. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I love how you talked about laments too. And how, mm. you know, we talked about that with somebody yesterday too, how, you know, the Psalm is essentially a book of laments. Um, not all of them, but the majority of them are laments. Yeah. And yet at the end of a lament, it almost always concludes with reestablishing that God is God and God is good. And yes. we can praise him and thank him for his faithfulness and the truth in that. So you, you know, just like you said, exactly, you know, you lament, but then you come back to the greater hope we have. Right. uh, Yeah. So, and what a critical process that is. Mm, And to do that with others who get it and who will allow you to do that. Yes. Yes. Allowing others to do it is so, is important. Yes. Does finding community and having community look different as a special needs mom? Or has it been harder to find community with that additional piece in your life? I think there's an element of it's different yet the same. (laughs) So we have a particular experience as a special needs parent. It doesn't matter what that special need is. Within each 
particular category of special need or disability such as autism or Down syndrome, when you find another mom who has a kid with autism, you understand that life because you live it. Right. And so you're able to speak truth into their life and they're able to do the same for you. You're able to relate on a much deeper level than someone who has maybe a medically fragile child that you don't know anything about having to give life-saving medicine in the middle of the night to prevent death. I don't know what that looks like. I can't imagine that life, but if God were to give it to me, I know that I would do what I needed to do. Everyone always says, oh, I couldn't, be, I couldn't do what you do. I couldn't be a special needs parent. Well, you know, I never, I probably would have said the same thing years ago, but then when it happens to you, you do what you have to do. That's how this works. And so as a special needs parent, being in that community, it is different in that we have different experiences than that of just the typical family who has their normal ups and downs. I was speaking with one mom once and she was saying how she was listening to other parents and they're talking about how their kid didn't make the soccer team or or their team didn't get to go to the championship or whatever. And, and the parents were just all upset about it. And she's like, my kid might die. Like... <laughs> It's just different because we experience life on a different kind of experience. So being in community with others who are also living that same experience makes a difference in how we relate to one another. And it is difficult to relate to someone whose experience you don't share. And that can even go across cultural lines. You know, people on the East Coast can have a difficult time relating to people on the West Coast because cultures are different. Different countries are the same way. You're going to have a difficult time relating to people of a different experience for that very reason. You don't know what it's like. That doesn't mean we can't have empathy and compassion for them. It doesn't mean that we have to be jerks about it, but it is going to look different. And so in some senses, it has been harder to find community. When we lived in Maryland, I didn't know, I really didn't have friends that I knew in person who had other kids with disabilities or who had kids with disabilities. I had wonderful friends and our church family was amazing and they were incredibly compassionate and understanding and empathetic. They were like family to us and they hold a special place in my heart and, and we still have community with them through that, you know, in that way. But none of them had kids with special needs. None of them knew what I was going through. No one really knew because they didn't live it themselves. And so even though I was surrounded by a truly loving, caring community and a faith community where we could encourage each other with the words of the Lord and things, there was still always the sense in the back of my head that you don't really get it though. You don't really understand. And they admitted that they didn't. They would say, I don't know what to say. I don't understand what you're going through, but I love you and I'm here. And that's what spoke volumes to me. That's what meant the most to me. And so it was difficult because they weren't in person. And I just remember longing for, can I just go and have a cup of coffee and sit across the table from someone whose eyes I can look into and know that they understand on the same level that I understand. Mm -hmm. And so it was difficult. And now we live here in Kentucky and I do have friends who have that experience and we have had coffee and we've had hours of conversation at the local coffee shop and it's been wonderful. And 
So it is different, but it's the same on the level of we're engaging in a faith community together and we're encouraging each other through Christ. Yeah. If that makes sense. It does. It sounds like God's brought you through this whole journey in finding your community and helped you with overcoming some of the difficulties and in finding community in different forms. What would you say to the mom or the dad right now who is struggling and they're having a hard time finding that community uh, themselves? How would you encourage them? Any words of advice? First of all, I would say, I understand. (laughs) I've been there. I know that. I know that road. And it can be a hard road. It can be a difficult road, especially if you don't feel like you have any other faith community to be an alternate (laughs) for other special needs friends in that community. It can be isolating. It can be just... It can be devastating in that way and bring about its own sorrows and grief because we feel just so alone. And so I want you to hear that you are not alone. I know that you feel that you are alone, but what I've learned is that emotions can lie and they often do. Emotions lie to us and our emotions tell us, and I think the enemy can get in there and convince you that, oh, you are alone in your world. You are all alone, man without a country. There's, there's no one beside you. There's no one in front of you. There's no one behind you. But the fact is you are in an army of people that you just can't see. You're in the middle of it and you can't see the ones who are in front of you who are leading you. You can't see the ones who are coming behind you who are following your example. And you can't see the ones who are beside you who have linked their arms with you. But they they do exist. They are there. And it's hard to find that. I would encourage you to, and you might have a, you might say, well, I'm an introvert or I'm this number on the Enneagram and I, you know, whatever it is, whatever the excuse is to not find community, you have a choice to try to do something about it. If you never do anything about it, then you can't ever expect anything to change. And so maybe the first step is to reach out to someone, even if it's a friend that you already know that maybe they don't have this experience, but just let them know that you're struggling with it and pray that that God will use them to be a solace and a balm to your soul. Reach out to the faith community. Find a support group if there's one close by. Online community is a great way. And that's what we're talking about here today too. This is all part of it together is that you might not have something that's in person, but there is something that does still exist and it doesn't lessen its impact just because it's on the computer or on your phone. So people online, the virtual community out there, they can have sometimes even a greater impact than anyone you might even know in person. My mom has always told me, you are stronger than you think you are. And so I want you to hear that you might feel weak and you might feel fragile and a failure and you might feel very low, but you are stronger than you think you are. And I'm not telling you that God doesn't give you more than you can handle because that's a lie. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that you do have it within you. And as a believer, you have Christ in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And so ask him to give you the courage to step out and to reach out for help. Join the Hope in New community. Join a community of people who get it, who want to love each other. We are seeking to come alongside to love each other through the love of Christ. And so you have to have courage to step out and do that. And I know that that's hard. 
Well, actually, I don't really know exactly how hard that is because I'm an extrovert and I don't really have a problem doing that. But I want to empathize with you. (laughs) Yes, I think Sarah could speak to that. So there are others who are like you who are terrified, honestly, because you've been hurt and you've been burned in the past. And someone, maybe many someones have been unkind to you or your child and you just want to give up. Don't give up. Don't give up hope. You've got to take a step towards <laughs> towards community. We were designed for relationship. We were designed for relationship with our God and we were designed for a relationship with each other. We relate to God through others. We can be Jesus to others. And so it's also not, oh, I might step on toes. It's also not always about you. So you can be a blessing to others just by showing up by showing up on Facebook, by showing up in the community, by showing up in the app, by showing up at church, by showing up in the Sunday school, even when you feel like you don't belong, you are robbing other people of a blessing when you don't show up. So have courage and show up. Yeah, that's such good words. And that's so, so important just to show up. It can sometimes be the first step, but that can also be the hardest step for for many people. But uh, I encourage you to do that. Right. And tell me more about, I know we've talked about community, specifically within the Hope Anew community, but what is it, you are the founders and the creators of this incredible resource. So I want to hear from you, where did this come from? How did you come up with this? Was this just a burden on your heart? Do you have community that you feel like, or do you not have community where you felt like we need to create something? Or did you just see a need? How did this I'm just fascinated by the fact that you saw a need or you felt a need and then you did something about it. So tell me more about that. Great question. Thank you for asking. It was birthed out of two things. One, our own need, especially when we were missionaries with Wycliffe. Uh, we felt the isolation so much in our, in our own lives as we are in the hardest parts of this journey. And yeah. I used to tell folks, you know, you could live in the middle of the jungle in Papua New Guinea, have a child with special needs, or you could live in the middle of the city, like in downtown Fort Worth, where we were, and feel just as isolated. Yeah. And we just saw this over and over again as we talked to more and more families, that as we talked with them about what's going on in their lives, one of the biggest issues that came up was just this overwhelming sense of isolation, not having folks that they could talk with and be real with. Right. You know, passing on Sunday, when somebody asks you, how are you doing? Well, you know, how often do can you be open up with them and say, well, this is actually going on <laughs> in my life this week. And this and this and this and this. And I had these doctor's appointments and all this is going on. I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed and I'm on the verge of collapse. Yeah. And they're like, oh. <laughs> I always ask, do you want the real answer or the Sunday school answer? <laughs> so that's where the very initial idea for the Hope New online community came from. Just seeing the need with, with so many different parents out there uh, to have that group that Jesus was skin on. You know, our tagline, if you will, is a community that gets it. A laugh together, yeah. cry together, pray together community. So a place where you can come say, you know what, this week my child did this. And I thought it was hilarious, but <laughs> nobody else is going to get it. And the group say, hey, yeah. I get it. And we've been there. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Or this week we had to take our child to a group home and it's ripping me apart and nobody else yeah. is going to get it. And the group can mm-hmm. say, hey, we get it. We've been there. We know what you're going through and encourage each other. 
And so to have this hope-filled community, or just like you said earlier, where people will listen, but then they're not afraid to point you to the truth when yeah. it's appropriate there and to help guide you in that journey and walk alongside you in that journey. Another one of our goals for this online community is that doing life together, even though it's online and not physically in person, but with other parents who get it and where, you know, you can't Google some of these questions, right? Um, right. We have these, <laughs> these challenges with our kids that we don't know how to solve. And yet, where do we go to find an answer for that? And yeah. so to go to a community where there's parents who have gone before us and have walked that road already can say, hey, here's an option, you know, and the value of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, there is a special value of having an online community versus one that's in person because we all know that we are crazy busy with therapies and appointments. And if we're not doing that, we're tired. We're just tired and we just want to rest and relax. And so even if we had someone in person, we still may not even be able to get together for coffee or, or a play date or, or whatever it is that would allow us to do that. You know, maybe our husbands are working odd hours and that doesn't allow for us to get out of the house without our kids. And that's an important thing for moms and dads both. But I feel especially for moms, we're like, we just need to not have someone clinging on me, you know, clinging to my leg or, you know, hanging off of me or, or needing my every attention all day. And even if our attention isn't directly related to them, even if we're not spending time specifically with them, our mind is still with them and our mind is always going and just the exhaustion, the mental exhaustion that it takes to do what we do. And so a virtual community allows you to be able to rest at home, to be wherever you need to be, whether you're in the waiting room of a therapy appointment for your kid or children, or if you're driving somewhere and you're the passenger, don't text and drive. Um, but if you're Whatever it is that you're doing, that it doesn't allow you to get out of the house. It doesn't allow you to meet with somebody else. It still allows you to meet with other people online. And sometimes, like you said, just having that connection, even online, it helps. It's a help. It's an encouragement and it boosts us. And I've had a lot of incredible conversations in text messages, you know? And so in the Hope and New community, there's going to be chat rooms. You can chat privately with someone. If you feel like you connect with somebody, you can talk with them directly. And you can even, you know, get each other's phone numbers, talk on the phone if you have a chance. So there are so many opportunities for connection that go far beyond what we're truly able to do in our personal lives. And I love that. I think it's great. And I think another, what you said reminded me of just this authenticity that we can have with each other. And I know being genuine and authentic is a lot like the bachelor saying you're being open and vulnerable, but <laughs> there are buzzwords out there now, you know, genuine relationship and authenticity. But again, just like cliche things, it's true. We need something that's authentic. We need people to be real with us. Johnny Erickson Tata said in a recent post, she said, I know how hard it can be raising a child with a significant disability. These mothers are looking for encouragement that doesn't skate the surface of life. They're hungry for help that goes deep, speaking truth and comfort into their weary hearts. And that's what we want. We want relationships that do not skate the surface of life. We're looking for a deep dive 
and we're looking to go deep. And you know what? Even if you're not looking for that, even if you want to just stay on the surface and check it out and see how things go, you know, I understand we need to be comfortable first before we do something. I get that. No one's going to force you to, to do that. You go as deep as you want. You offer up the information that, that you want to offer up. But in the meantime, you can also be an encouragement to others who are sharing more things. And maybe over time, that will allow you to go a little bit deeper too and truly start to share your real life with people. That's what this is all about. What good is it to just, you know, hey, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. No, you're not. You're not <laughs> fine. You're a puddle on the floor every night. You are so not fine. Why are you hiding from people who can help you? who love you, who want to give you the word of the Lord. So, Love that. So good. I feel like as parents in the situations that we're in, a lot of us just don't have time for the fluff. If you do, and if that's what you enjoy and that's where you're at, then that's great. But yeah, I love how this allows us to be real with each other. I feel like sooner than we often can be when we are live face-to-face with somebody. Yes. Uh, For example, Sarah and I, I was not a good dater. I was not a good, <laughs> I was a horrible dater. And Jonathan, um, I'm surprised at you. <laughs> well, what can I say? You know, it's what, what do you mean? What did, what did you do? Or what did you not Let's do? Let's just say if Sarah was not persistent and <laughs> it, it would not have worked out, I'd probably still be single to this day. I literally waited to the week before she moved out of state to ask her out on a date. So we went out when she was here. We And every night that week we went out and then she moved away. And I sort of wished I'd asked her out sooner. (laughs) So what that turned into then was us talking on the phone about every day Mm -hmm. for hundreds of minutes. When you had to still pay by the minute. Yep. We didn't. Yes. (laughs) So we'd talk for hundreds of minutes like every day. And the thing was that we weren't with each other. So our conversations went deeper and they got more real and they went there quicker. Yeah. And if we were just going out with each other, you know, going to a restaurant or whatever on your average date, then we would have just been staring at each other with the star <laughs> love cast eyes and wouldn't have gone deep and would have just uh, been been shallow for longer and have taken longer to get to that real level. And yeah. um, that's sort of how this community is. It's allowing us to go deeper, quicker with people that it might normally take a little bit longer to build that relationship with. Right. Yeah. Well, and online, you know, I mean, we see this all the time with Facebook and Twitter. People say things all the time online to the world that they would probably, if they were really being honest with themselves, they would probably never actually say it out loud to anybody or to the person that they're trying to call out in a subtle, not so subtle way. Right. And so we say things on social media because we're distanced from it. We're not talking to a group of people face to face. We're just putting it out there and then people respond. And so there is an element to which that can be beneficial in this particular context where we can kind of put our stuff out there and it's personal, but it's not that kind of personal. It's not the in-person kind of personal. And so that can be beneficial in the right setting. So that's that can be a good thing. Yeah. It can be, yeah. And it comes to mind too, you know, how, I forget if you or Jonathan just said it, but how we don't always have time for the fluff, you know? And I just got a message from a friend from college, I don't know, a week or two ago. And she started out 
her message by saying, you know, she has a child with special needs and she's like, you get this. I don't have time for fluff. So here's my question. And I mean, we haven't spoken in 20 years and I get this message and this real heartfelt question about being a mom with special needs kids. And, you know, when you have that link and you have that trust, you know, she's of course heard, you know, our podcast and, and read the blog and knew I was a safe person, which, you know, is critical obviously too. But yeah, how once you establish those base safety rails, you know, how you can go deep and real uh, pretty quick. Yeah. Now you're going to be a moderator on the Hope New Community. What are you yes. most excited about? I love meeting new people. I love it. And I love that about you. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. That makes me happy to hear that. Uh, not everybody feels the same way. When they <laughs> They're like, wow, she really likes people. But no, I, I love meeting new people. I love hearing stories of other people. I love to be an encouragement as much as I possibly can. And I, I look forward, honestly, selfishly, to being encouraged when I need it. And so being a moderator on the, in the community, I'm going to get to kind of be a fly on the wall in a sense, you know, I mean, every, you know, we'll all kind of be in there and, and have access to chatting and the posts that we put up and that kind of thing. But it's kind of neat to kind of be a fly on the wall to see the conversations that people are having and the interactions people have. And I love, I've discovered actually recently, like I've always loved people and, and meeting new people. But in the last couple of years, I've discovered that I have a, just a particular affinity for bringing people together. I love introducing people to other people and then letting them create a relationship from that. Yeah, we you're a, a connector a, for sure. Yes. And I had a girls movie night one night and not everybody who came knew each other. And so we introduced each other. And then later, after the movie night, I find out that a couple of them are getting together. And there's a brief twinge of jealousy, but I can't be involved in every little thing. But it truly does make my heart happy to see that other people are connecting together. And I feel like I have a small part in that. And I really love doing that. I love being the gatherer of the peoples. And so you really are the gatherer of the peoples and bringing people here. And I get to participate in that. And so thank you so much for inviting me to do that because I am thrilled to do it. And I'm looking forward to meeting new people, you know, and hopefully making connections for people like, oh, well, have you met so-and-so? You know, you need to, you know, they have, they have this experience and you share that. So maybe you guys could talk together. I'm really looking forward to it. That is so great. We're so excited that you are going to be doing that yes. and you will do wonderful at it. And uh, I know many oh, people will uh, love it interacting with you and getting to know you yep, and be blessed by that gift that you have. Yes. Oh, thank you. Now for so our audience, if you want to be a part of the Hope New online community, we would love to have you be a part of it as well. So if you're interested and want to check it out more, go to our Hope New website, which is hopeanew.com. And there's a nice landing page that will tell you all kinds of great information about the online community. So we hope to see you there and we hope that this will become a part of your personal community as well. Now, Sarah, how can our audience connect with you and follow you specifically? I have a website called Hope in Autism and that is, it's all spelled out, Hope, 
inautism.com. And my podcast is A Special Hope. And that's on all the podcasting platforms. There's a podcast tab on the website as well that you can click on and you can listen to all the episodes directly from the website or you can find it on Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts or whatever podcasting app you use. I'm also on Facebook. I have a Hope and Autism page as well as a special Hope Podcast page. I'm on Twitter. My personal Twitter handle is 3 boys for me but you can just search for my name, Sarah Brody, B-R-O-A-D-Y. And then I also have a Special Hope podcast on Twitter, which is at a Special Hope pod because there's not enough characters to list it all out. And then I'm also on Instagram, a Special Hope podcast and Hope in Autism on Instagram as well. I'm not so great about Instagram. I'm trying to be better. I'm working on it. But uh, And if anyone wants to connect directly with me, you can email me at sarah at hopeandautism.com and it's sarah with an H at hopeandautism.com. So yeah, find me on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, the podcast, however you can connect with me. I'd love to hear from you and meet you. Well, thank you so much. This conversation has been so fun. We've been looking forward to chatting with you and I've been looking forward to getting that uh, inside glimpse into your and Sarah's conversation from so long ago. <laughs> so uh, this has been great Yeah, you me. got... You got kicked out of that conversation, didn't you? <laughs> you know, what can I say? Girl uh, time. That's girl right. Time. Girl, girl time is important. So Yes, yes. It's good. I'm glad you are able to do that. And thank you for joining us today. And uh, it's been great. Thank you for having me. It's been, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be good. 